Hello there, you're very welcome to LOI Weekly, it's season three, episode five. It is Dan on the hot seat this week, as you might expect. Johnny Ward is away in Chatham. We will be hearing from him shortly after several attempts to to, to eventually track him down and, uh, and hear about how he's getting on over there. But we uh, will have a good show without him, fear not. We've got some a fair collection of league medals in studio today. Actually, we've got Stephen O'Donnell, recently retired Dundalk player now Dundalk opposition. What? How would you describe your title now? It's an opposition scout analysis. And coach. Yeah, yeah. Scout and a bit of well, probably a bit a little bit of the recruitment and that as well. A bit of everything. So yeah, a bit of everything. Yeah, jack of all trades. And we've got Ollie Cattle, player executive from the the PFEI, but also. What I'm trying to think—is it five league medals you oh, won, yeah. Ollie? Yeah. Stevie, did you get six? Six. Yes. Oh, it's not a bad. <laughs> it's not a bad. Not not a bad return, well, to be okay. fair. You know. Yeah, exactly. Not too bad. I'm just thinking though. You guys, did you guys ever play together at the same club, or did you just sort of shift in the night a small bit? Shamrock Rovers, I think you might. Would you be, would you have been there, sort of? No, we never no, really played with each other. Ollie no. was a little bit no. before me, but yes. when I came up, yeah, yeah. Ollie was probably coming to the back end of his career when I was sort of well. It would have been a few years. Yeah, a crossover, few, yeah, crossover, yeah, a little crossover. But yeah, because yeah. you would play the. You had Ali was still quicker than me at thirty six. <laughs> well, Ali, are you still <laughs> playing? Still playing. Are you still playing with Home Farm? Still playing with Home Farm. Yeah, yeah. So. Whereas Stevie has to play AstroTurf with Johnny Ward and his oh, mates I in the <laughs> midweek. You know, <laughs> that's so, interesting. So that's you've that. actually managed to sort of last the course at a, at a certain level. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, the body can still get around the pitch to a certain extent. So. Um, I suppose you know you, when you hang them up completely, oh, there's less condition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I say once the body can can still do it, I'll, I'll keep playing as long as I can, still enjoying it as well. Well, speaking of a man who's carrying plenty of well, not so much condition as baggage. <laughs> um, let let's let is let is let about will let us hear from Johnny Ward, who is over in Chatham and very kindly sent us an audio message uh, from there this morning. It's, it's Tuesday morning as we record this, so the week is just kicking off for the boy. <laughs> Greetings to everyone from Cheltenham. Pretty sad to miss out on the show today, but needs must and all that. Um, still, no, no doubt about the highlight of the Cheltenham experience so far was coming into my um, apartment yesterday, putting on the TV, watching Channel 4 and watching Dinny Corcoran on Countdown. Unbelievable stuff. I mean, does this league just get any more wacky with every day? Didn't perform too badly either and even was asked by the English lad how Bowes were getting on this season. Um, they probably won't be winning the title. I uh, don't think Pats will be winning the title as well based on what I saw on Friday night. I uh, thought they were very much outplayed against Shamrock Rovers. Um, Shamrock Rovers uh, basically dominated the game. Um, probably should have been 11 men against 10 because I think Toner should have seen a red card I thought it was a fairly professional cynical tackle um, but you know in terms of the actual game uh, I thought Chris Forrester was very disappointing um, generally the Pats midfield struggled Lee Desmond made a bad mistake for the goal they still stayed in the game but they look very reliant on Mikey Drennan and Rovers in fairness to them, they just don't look like they're going to concede many goals this season. Lee Grace is playing outstandingly well. He's a player I'd imagine is going to be linked with the move to England at some stage or other. Um, and speaking of England, I'm actually going along to Leeds United match tonight to see the likes of Patrick Bamford. And uh, that'll be something enjoyable as well to uh, get away from the madness of Cheltenham very briefly. But back to the League of Ireland, obviously. Um, Dundalk, a real statement of intent from them as well, considering all the changes they made against Watford. Uh, got reports that Watford were quite disappointing in the game. Certainly can that amount of goals was was very disappointing. I thought Jamie McGrath's touch with the third goal was absolutely sublime. Um, but it was good to see, you know, in general the quality of the game in in, in Chicor. I thought there was a lot of quality, and uh, you know, a really really good crowd. Bohemians, a mate of mine, went along to the game. Doesn't go to that many League of Ireland games, and turned up a daily amount. Couldn't get in, um, which is really remarkable. So I've heard it wasn't a great game, but you know, there's such a positive kind of vibe uh, going around the league at the moment and um, hopefully that will continue for a while longer first division looks like it's going to be an excellent campaign as well and um, I don't know it's just every week now there seems to be a great buzz about the fixtures uh, so hope you enjoy the show and um, hope you have a few Cheltenham winners as well He's getting on okay Stevie by the sounds of it Yeah he seems fresh enough anyway for a lad Who are Leeds playing tonight? Uh, I think it's Reading Reading, yeah. Right, so Reading's not far, is it? Reading's not wouldn't be a million miles no. away from 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 Cheltenham, yeah. So, um, 
yeah, he's out to do a bit of scouting. He's obviously not that busy then. In fairness, I don't have a clue what he's watching at uh, uh, Reading at the Majeski or at Cheltenham. So as you as you might suggest, as you might suggest, disappointment in his voice over not being here as well. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, uh, we're, we're all missing him. <laughs> Denny Corcoran's appearance on, on I mean, where do you start? I mean, Denny Corcoran, <laughs> he he he's named Player of the Month. So there's a press conference in Daily Mount on Monday morning. We all rock along. The usual. You know, you've you've both both been in this scenario. The usual sort of daily hack, standing around, small talk before the interview starts. Chat away to Denny Corcoran about how he could have played GA for the Dubs and all this type of thing. And then he says, "I actually have to nip off here." Towards the end of the thing, he's like, "I need to head off, head off home if you don't mind." Absolutely grand. He's minded his kid. You don't want to keep a man from his child. That's fair enough. And then two hours later, you start to get these text messages. Initially, I saw the first one. I thought it was a lookalike of Denny Corkman on Countdown. I was like, geez, that's, that's funny. No, it is. It's Daniel. Daniel, Daniel Corcoran, as it is on Countdown. I mean, this is, uh, this is great publicity, Ollie, for from your perspective, like the, the rounded characters that we have for players in this league. Yeah. Countdown, why not? Like? Absolutely. Like you, I thought, I thought it was a lookalike. Yeah. <laughs> And just seen the Twitter feed, and then it just kept going and kept going, and it was like, it is true, it is, it is Dinny or Daniel, yeah, as he was called. But as you say, no, it's, it's great, it's great for him to, to put himself out there. That's far outside the comfort zone for most professional yeah. footballers to go on something like that. Um, I say I was just reading the report this morning there, and he's, he's going to get a bit of stick of training tonight over. I think he's, uh, uh, yeah, so he's, he's going to hear about this for a while. Yeah, like. yeah, and I can imagine there'll be a few shouts from opposition fans and stuff um, coming over the next few weeks as well. But no, look, fair play to him for say for going on there and putting himself out there like that. Yeah, Stevie, you you were on to keep Ward at one point, and he was. A yeah, taken he back. didn't, he didn't he tell anyone. He didn't, didn't tell, tell, Denny didn't yeah. tell any. He actually hoped that he, the quote from Denny was, "He just didn't think that many people would watch <laughs> Channel Four at two o'clock in the afternoon." Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. No, it's fair play to him. Um, another string to his bow, I suppose. <laughs> uh, he obviously sits at home most afternoons watching coach. It's, it's a good see, yeah, all this stuff about footballers, they do nothing during the day, you know, the, the guys who aren't working doing nothing during the day. I mean, this, I mean, that's, that's, that's taken it to a new level in terms of being productive with it, you know? Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. He performed decently, didn't yeah. he? He did okay. Maggie was very strong. Well, now, in fairness, yeah. Maggie, Maggie was like, as I said, typical Bo has come up against full-time opposition. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> she's, she's got the resources to, yeah. to be working. She was pulling out words from the old dictionary. Um, <laughs> Maggie was a Van Dyke account. But... But it was, uh, but but four 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 two was the number, the number in the numbers round and the the news or not the news round the the countdown conundrum was washboard Maggie of course got it within two seconds no chance for Daniel to respond and of course that was an anagram of Bo's award so you know it was the, it was it was all recorded in November and he did know it was on yesterday that's the people wondered was he you know taken by surprise yeah, but anyway yeah. it was recorded and his mum signed him up for it because apparently he used to watch watch countdown with her he'd be really good at it so. Yeah. Go on, son, I'll put you on this. Yeah. Not knowing that he's going to hear about this for the rest yeah. of his uh, professional career but now. It's a coincidence you know? for it to be on the same day as he actually named ah, player of the month, yeah, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, you you got to love it. But you were saying, Ollie, you actually, I mean, the, the, the many talents of, of Jenny Corcoran, the, you actually played GEA against him. Yeah, I did. I was playing for uh, St. Vincent's a few years ago. I think it was 2015, and we got to the interview. You're just addicted to playing sports at all kinds of any yeah, level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I played GEA when I was younger yeah. at, at home, and then obviously went full time with, with the soccer. And then when I packed up playing League of Ireland, I always said I wanted to go back and play a bit of guy while the legs still can. Mm. Um, so my wife is Amers, a died in the wool Vincent's woman, and played for them for a year. So I really had no choice in, in what Were you what within the suitable were, parish boundaries? Yeah, 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 where I was going to play. So I was down there and played for them for a few years and loved it. It was great. But I say we got to a championship final, intermediate championship final. We played St. Pat's at Donabate. Um, obviously, it was, which is Dinny's club. And Owen, who's producing here as well. Uh, and so. Owen as well, yeah, yeah. So it was... We actually beat them in the final that day, but after about, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, I think we were on top. The next thing I see, number I think it was number 17 coming on. I was like, I know that fella down there. <laughs> it was Dinny Corcoran, and he was actually signed with Sligo at the time, and they were in a bit of a relegation dogfight. Um, so I, say, I remember on the day we, we beat them um, by a few points in the end, and I was talking to Dinny after, and I was like, oh, 
you want to watch yourself now playing a guy and the way things Typical are. Typical play player following you to work, you know, player f- your work following you, you're giving him advice <laughs> yeah, after a game. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want him getting in the hassle and he was like, oh, say nothing, say nothing, but I think obviously the team photograph went down and was in the Don't mind posted on the website, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah so, so it was out there, so um, I think he managed to handle it with, with, with Sligo Rovers and with, and with the club at the time and luckily they, they did stay up. Yeah, I'm sure if they went down, um, there might have been some repercussions for him at the time. Possibly but it was, been, yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, not repercussions. You know, like there, there would have made him a bit of stick. Oh, definitely. Way, maybe, no, I, I think, I think, it's, I think Mickey Adams was the manager, and I think Denny Corcoran. I mean, he spoke. Denny spoke to us about yesterday a story that was overtaken by events as the day went <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah. Um, but he, but he admitted there were times where he was, you know, he he was suffering injuries from from one code or from GEA and bringing it to his job yeah, as a footballer yeah. and. That just wasn't sustainable over yeah. a period of time, you know. Steve, you're pretty yeah. interested in your GEA. Did you ever play? I mean, obviously, as a kid, I yeah, you did, played, but, yeah. But, but I came, as, an, as a sort of a, as an adult, did yeah, you ever I give came it a back and um, when I was playing in Scotland, obviously, um, different times, seasons wise. So I came back in the summer, and the the club were playing or in the intermediate championship. So I played one game in the intermediate championship in Galway. Was that sort of on the cute? Oh the yeah, QG, on the <laughs> sort of. <laughs> fake name or whatever you know uh, played in Pierce Stadium actually oh, that, right. the game yeah. was in Pierce Stadium how, so how did you get on? not bad not bad but I played another couple of times there in the off season uh, in years like years after when I was playing in Ireland and probably in between finding another club bit dodgy or whatever but I was useless in them couple of games so <laughs> you didn't make the local <laughs> no, papers anyway no, yeah no, there was no need to put a play under a false name. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually Richie Foran did it as Richie well a few Foran years ago. Yeah. yeah, and I think Sing there was a bit yeah. of hassle over that there as was. well. There so was. the fallout from that. So. Although there's some job to tell Richie Foran what to do. Like, yeah, you know. well, then no one's going to tell him what <laughs> yeah. to do anyway. So. But it's just, even think about it, it's hard to get away with it with social media and all the coverage. This now you're it, not going to be able to go in and say on the QT or under an alias of but another name or something yeah. to play. It's always going to be. I think, again, it's a sign of like how f- sort of far the professionalism and that has come see, even in the last three years I don't think there'd be any chance of of the top teams now a player doing that say no. in the off season or that but even Supple tried it last year yeah, and yeah. you would think as a goalkeeper it, it, it might be easier although yeah. I know I was talking to Shane about his injury he would actually say that a lot of the kicking and stuff they did over the years actually probably in, Contributed to the wear and tear, yeah. but I I would imagine it's it it's pretty difficult to do it, even with the the commitment that the part time clubs are, are putting in. I mean, it's it's not you would probably see this Ollie firsthand from going round and hearing stories of the amount of training that players are doing, which I know actually can be a bit of a a talking point at times for part time <laughs> contracts. Players are still putting in the hours that I don't know how you would actually find the scope to do it. Not well, notwithstanding all the other stuff you mentioned there about social media and so on. Yeah, absolutely. I mean part-time inverted brackets and nearly yeah. full-time most of them to be honest with the, with the amount of training they do and you flip it as well most GA even I say at intermediate level like the, the amount mm. of hours that them guys put in and doing gym sessions in the morning before they go to work and I'm sure you'd have to be top quality player you know to just come in and say oh, I'll just play matches mm. you know and, and upsetting the, the the squad and and how that dynamic is working but I say it's very very difficult to to combine and, and do both. Steve, Stevie we haven't had you in here actually since you you hung up the boots. I know you've spoken about it elsewhere, but I suppose you're what you're. We're five games into the new season, or five weeks into the new season. How are you finding the adjustment? You're you're going out to watch games on a Friday night with a a, a different set of eyes, you know, in the sense of what your 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 brief yeah. is at the game. How's it going for you? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Uh, something different. Look, I love watching football matches. You know what I mean? Especially live. You know, great going out to different games. Probably a bit different. Not being at our particular games, you know, Dundalk matches on a Friday, but uh, you know, I'm enjoying going out, seeing different players and different teams, and that, and going getting as as you were saying, as Johnny was saying earlier, the atmospheres and that, and the crowds, especially the first five or six games, you know, have been very good. So, um, you know, I'm enjoying going to all these different games and seeing different players. I mean, are you now going to games, and you, do you have to check yourself, or is it natural? Does it come naturally to you that you watch a game and you're naturally watching it with a mindset of well? He's dangerous for them, ah, is there, yeah, or no. is there an element of set pieces now or stuff? Are yeah. you sort of thinking right? I need to tune myself in set here. Set pieces will be will be probably the big thing in, in the sense of what I would would have like previously. I probably wouldn't mean concentrating too much at it if I was at a game, but obviously, well, when I'd go to a game anyway, and most of the other lads that I'd be buddies with, and that would be the same. You know, you'd be watching the game for what it is and who are the dangerous players and sort of weaknesses, who's mm. weak and who's strong. But probably set piece is the big difference of really tr- tuning in and seeing if different teams have any set moves or set 
proper set plays, you know, that they, they work on or, you know, things that they go to, any little signals or that sort of stuff, you know, that you can pick up on. Mm. So do you then go home and put together a report or something that, that's presented yeah. the following week? Is that how yeah, it Yeah, and uh, so then you probably do analysis and uh, take out clips of strong points of a certain team and, and maybe weak points, things we can expose of and then uh, do sort of video analysis with the with the team on a Thursday or whatever, and then throughout the week you're 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 feeding this information back to the coaching staff, and throughout the week they're they're um, sort of working on things towards that of how the opposition play and things we can exploit and things they're strong at. So it's sort of over week week period, and then on Thursdays we'd we'd go through our little your little well may, it mightn't even necessarily be a Thursday, it could be throughout the week a little bit mm. of. Sort of, you know, the way technology is and now. And we have every, the extra, every, every extra. We were talking, we had Collie O'Neill and talking about Instat and the extra material available. Is that helping too in terms of. Yeah, that's huge. You know, down? you're getting pre, even up until last year, you were working off maybe, um, I think it was that, was it that betting side as well? Track champ. Track, yeah, yeah, you know, where the cameras were, were poor and that. Or our lads recording stuff off recording their phones. Recording stuff, yeah, that's yeah. what you're sort of going off. Whereas now, all the games really you have, you have decent footage and you can go back three or four games ago and watch a whole match of the opposition mm. or whatever or watch a whole match of our team and where we can improve you know so you know it's only right it's getting up there more professional technology wise and you know just um, analytically wise you need it and uh, you know it is that's been a big improvement I think just talking to say Rory Higgins from last year even you know he didn't have mm. all the games weren't uploaded to Instat or, stu- or stuff like that you know so it's great to have in saying that, you know, you've adapted to the new role. That first week, I don't know what game you went to the first week of the season. Bose Finn Harps. Bose Finn Harps. Is there a bit of you feeling strange, though, when it comes to that Friday and you realise, God, I'm not going out there to play? Uh, not really. It hasn't hit me yet. Um, I think maybe Europe might, you know, when you when you go playing sort of big teams and in big arenas, hopefully, for, for our lads. And probably the real big games when it comes to the sort of back end of the season or the big games, you know, when you're you're meeting your title rivals and that um stuff like that. But, you know, I think I'm sorta of, I was comfortable in my decision at the time and I still am, you know, I don't I knew sort of making the decision that I wouldn't regret, you know, I wouldn't be in You were a, happy you left yeah, in your, I wouldn't your own be in terms a position this season yeah. saying, Oh, I wish you could put the boot boots back on because I think my body and that just mentally and that I just had enough in the sense of the injuries and all that. So you know, it was something I thought about for a good bit of last season and I knew I'd be sort of comfortable once I stayed involved in the game, you know, and had another, it'd be different now if yeah. I retired and I was doing another job, say nothing got to do with um, football or the League of Ireland, then I, I might sort of be saying, you know, why did I pack it in? But I'm still involved in it and, and I'm enjoying it and, um, you know, I knew I'd be comfortable sort of with my decision. Ali, how was that transition? I mean, I appreciate you're now still playing and you've stayed involved active and you went to Vincent's, but that that first season when you weren't in the league, how did you find that transition, I guess? Yeah, it wasn't too bad either. Again, back to what, what Steve was saying, like I, I was working with the with the PFAI mm. um, when I did retire, so um, I was still around the game, still getting into dressing rooms. I know you're not out coaching or playing. I was playing with Vincent's and, um, still active and stuff but I was still around the game going to matches in around the dressing rooms talking to players so to be honest I didn't really miss it that much um, I th- and you read or hear a lot of guys now like, oh, I missed the dressing room banter and stuff I think if, if when I stop playing I'll miss the actual physical side of it going out training I love that mm-hmm. I love getting out training I think the last dressing room was in Bowes very very young lads and they're on a maybe on a different <laughs> wavelength to, yeah. to what I was at the time I was 36 and you had all these young lads and um, not to say look it was a great dressing room and the likes of Keith Buckley and all were coming through and to see them mature and how they've got on has yeah. been great to see but I, say, I wouldn't have missed the dressing room side of it as such it's, it's the actual physical getting out and You're playing like and because I was still yeah. able to do that I think it didn't make it too bad of a transition for me and probably my transition was smooth as off as in I went I was full time professional to part time professional to, to retire and so yeah. it wasn't a big jump from full time professional to out of the game completely just saying and yeah, well, these are two reasons to be good stories, I guess. But, I mean, I suppose we, we also hear stories of lads that have struggled with it as well. I mean, is that something you've encountered in your job as well in terms of people who've, who've 
grappled with that. Yeah, abs- absolutely, absolutely. Um, it's it's one of the big things that that we're trying to work on now in the last couple of years is is trying to make that transition smooth for players and trying to get guys to think about it earlier in their career. Um, I think when you're 22, 23, 24, you're probably think, oh, this is going to last forever, and you're an unbreakable kind. Then you'll just you'll keep playing, and look, things will look after themselves. But we just need to get guys, especially you know, if you're a full-time professional, you've got loads of time in the afternoon to be doing something to get something on your CV rather than rather than just football. Lots of guys, suppose if you're if you're a really good schoolboy footballer, when you once you turn 16, you've gone to England, you sign professional over there. The stats back up that it doesn't really work out. We think about 90% or over mm-hmm. of them end up coming back. They come back to the League of Ireland. A lot of them, some of them even drift out of the game, but the lads that come back to the League of Ireland, oh, I'll play here for another few years and I'll go back again. Um, and then that fall off is massive um, when they realise, oh, what am I going to do? Football's coming to an end here. Mm. Um, I've nothing here to back it up. Um, so I say we're we're trying to trying to get guys to this switch is on. Your, to that. This is your your brief with the is very much working with the players and yeah. one part of your job I know is over the winter you see the pictures of you're going round to club visits and stuff like that. And yeah. So what's coming up in these visits? And I assume that 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 subject matter we're speaking about there is is one part of it. Yes, yes, one part of it. Um, we're looking to take on a PDM full time this year, which is player development manager, which will just speak to to players purely <coughs> around life outside of football whether that's studying, going to college, doing something online, getting into the workforce, whatever it is, like studying and going to college isn't for everyone, um, but just need them to, to think about doing something. Uh, this year's part of part of the club visits, we do a survey with the players around various things, but one of the questions is, um, have you prepared for life after football? And after we've surveyed about 200 at the moment, we still have a few more clubs left to do, one, one in the Premier Division. There's nearly a 50-50 split of mm. guys saying yes or no, they haven't thought about life after football, which is startling, really. Um, I don't think you're going to be retiring on the back of a career playing League of Ireland football. So um, like that's our job then, to get these guys thinking about it, to, to be doing something. Um, and even if it's a small win, some little course that might lead on to something else, and just get them switched on to thinking about that, and say that's that's a huge, that's part of my role um, within the organisation, yeah. amongst the other stuff, you know. Because you said there was a, I mean, an amazing, an amazing stat. How many players hadn't gone beyond junior cert level education? Yeah, wise? yeah. Last season, we again we did a survey as part of our club visits, and it was it was just over thirty percent of players in the league who just had a junior cert, mm. and even there was a handful, I think eight or nine, who had no qual, no nothing at all, didn't even have a junior cert. Yeah. Um, so. It's I say that that that's a huge focus for us this year to try and bring those figures down, um. And look, there's many ways to skin a cat. Like you, you don't, I say, don't have to go to college. Don't, there's, you can go. There's PLC courses. There's various yeah. different ways to get to where you want to. I suppose a lot of guys, um, that play football, like you know, the the personal training, the strength and conditioning industry. There's ways of getting into that and, um, getting yourself qualified in that area. There's there's coaching. Lots of guys do do their coaching badges um, don't look, some might say that that's kind of saturated now and there's only very few jobs at the top um, that that pay quite well like that that guys only get into but look again it's at least they're doing something and thinking about it um, but there's, there's so much more there look we give grants towards education towards courses up to 750 euro a player can can claim each year and stuff so we, we try to cover everything but say a lot of even on that, you see, you see guys getting grants towards courses, and one year they do one course, then the next year they're doing something, and maybe they're a bit all over the place, not sure exactly way, what yeah. they, they want to do. So again, this PDM that that we bring in, hopefully we'll have it on board in the next couple of months. We'll we'll sit down with the player and be able to go identify their strengths and what they'd be good at, maybe, and and give them a a, a map to go. Look, here's if you want to go down that path, here's the steps you need to take, and just get them switched on. I think if you're happy off the pitch, that will transfer to being happy on the happy pitch on. as well. Steve, did you leave after your junior starts? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And is that something that troubled you when you came home? You know, did you have I don't know a sense of regret about it or, or in any way. Um, if I had my chance again, I probably wouldn't have. But um, it'd be more so. Not uh, education side alone. You'd have your leaving cert in your bank, and you'd have something to fall back on. It'd be more just, you know, at fifteen, you're just a gamble for a club. You know what I mean? You're you're not physically developed. You're not mentally, unless there's obviously some that are mature, fifteen year olds or whatever. But most are fifteen year old going away from home. 
you're definitely a different physical specimen than you're going to be at 19, 20 when mm. it is time to break into a first team. So, you know, for a kid to turn its, his life upside down, I think. And now, there's some where it does save them from their home environment, maybe, and they do get out early, and that's that's yeah. their saviour, and they really relish going over, you know, and it saves it saves the child. But in most most of, most of the things I've seen... Um, you're just a totally different specimen of 15. I'm talking about trying to go to make it. You're worth a gam punt for the club because if they get one lad out of 100 making it, you know, it covers, covers all costs. But what about the other 99 kids that you see them when they come back to League of Ireland? A lot of them are broken, their self-esteem. They've been rejected. They think they're not good enough. Their self-esteem is... It's through the floor, you know. So, like, it's... um, You know, it's all about sort of a rebuilding process with them before you even try and get them to get playing football to a decent level again. So, you know, I wouldn't be... I think the pathways are there now for kids to get decent coaching, good yeah. coaching in Ireland and stay and then maybe let a club come over and after seeing a 20-year-old or a 19-year-old play in a first-team environment with men, against men, you know, with, with, with fans, you know, then they can make a better judge of whether this lad is good enough to make it or not rather than you know just gambling on a 15 year old and not really caring about the consequences for that for that 18 19 year old when he's coming home you know yeah i mean when when because you come back into full-time football and you've, you've managed to to stay in football uh throughout but i mean you obviously had that crossroads before you going to the dog mm. what were your options at that point i mean i think Merview was one that was what, the only what were one. Your, so so that wouldn't have been a full-time no. gig to say the least no, so that was, so what were you thinking yeah well that was exactly it there was um I was weighing up trying to get back in. I was after getting um, false forms, trying to get back in to do some sort of scheme or whatever. You know, I didn't know what I was going to do, to be honest. I had no sort of real qualifications as such outside of, of football. So, they, you know, if, if the Dundalk thing didn't happen, um, I actually I, I don't have a clue what I would have done. You know, it's a bit, it's a bit scary, like as, as, yeah. a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an example, you know, because yeah, you had a very exa- good career to yeah. that point. Uh, yeah, but I didn't have this, I suppose the maturity then, you know, as Ollie was talking about when I was back in Ireland, say, 2021, start getting a couple of more strings to my bow in the sense of playing your football and then, you know, getting strings to your bow education-wise. So when that time does come, which it came with around, I was around 27 or so, mm. you know, I was in I was in no man's land, really. Now we got lucky the way it turned out, going to Dundalk and then the way it turned out, you know, but, you know, other lads... We are going to be in the exact same boat as I was probably, and not knowing what they're going to do with with their life, you know. The big one of the big talking points, obviously, over the winter has been Noel Quinn's proposals, and we're still waiting really to see what the proposals are. And I think I can understand there's a lot of, I think there's there's a degree of skepticism, a degree of curiosity. There's 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 mixed views, but really people haven't seen things on paper. And I mean, I've I've heard some things. I'm sure you've all heard bits and bobs or whatever yeah. through various things but it has broadly started the discussion I think about what we need to do between that 16 to 18 and Brexit's coming could that have impact on lads going away and it does seem to be an interesting time Ollie we'll see where this goes but there seems to be more of a proper debate now uh, and the education aspect seems to be something that they're going to government with and that's the one which I hear that they're they're opening doors when they push that home so that that part of it sounds promising anyway yeah absolutely Um, you say if 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 they're going looking for grants and, and the government looking to put money into it, I think if they have that education, um, that I think that's key to it. Um, it's pr- if, if there's a proper pathway here, I mean, the structures now with the 13s, 15s, 17s, 19s are in place, but if there's an education element to that as well, I think it can only benefit. As you say, if, see how, how Brexit pans out. If it makes it more difficult for, for young kids to go to England and then there's a viable option for them here to stay here, I think absolutely they should stay here. Again, back to Stevie's point, when you're 15, 16, like mentally are you ready to be up on sticks, leaving, mm. going over there, continue education here, not your education off the pitch, but your education on the pitch here. The coaches that are around the league now, the, the standards have improved dramatically the last 10, 15 years. Facilities getting better. Um, as you say, look, this whole Noel Quinn thing—it's—it's it's a discussion document, I suppose, at the moment, and and we're waiting to see how it's how it's going to pan out. But look, any kind of discussion around that that can improve things, and make them better, can only be good. And hopefully, something something um, can come out of it that that you say makes it more of a viable option for guys to stay here. Um, 
that looked the likes of Shamrock Rovers. I think have connection with with a college where I think the likes of Aaron Bulger and a it's couple Ashfield of the younger lads, Ash, yeah. Ashfield College, yeah, have stayed, have been able to train basically full time with with the squad and get their education. I think a couple of them actually got their leaving cert um, last year, mm. out, which which is great to see. Um, I know Gavin Bazuna was talking about staying to finish his education, but apparently part of the deal is he's going to continue on his education yeah. at Man City and stuff. So I say it, that can only be for the better of the players um, and hopefully will alleviate what we were just speaking about a few minutes ago about guys going, what am I going to do? And that massive drop-off from finishing the football to, to nothing. Just uh, We're going to talk about some of the, the weekend's football. Just funny, on those club visits though you've gone, is there anything else coming up? I mean, beyond that, that topic there, just in general, in terms of general player satisfaction with, I don't know, working hours, the length of the yeah. season or whatever. What, what's, what's coming up in these in Yeah, these obviously talks? the... It was uh, around the fixture list um, last year. Um, we surveyed the players around that as well. Um, like they, they had their issues with that. Um, I think it's slightly better this year, but probably, I don't know if they like, come the end of the season, we'll, we'll probably survey, survey them again about it. Um, working hours, look, certainly, uh, especially in the first division where guys are, are supposed to be professionals and, and Doing pre-season training without getting paid, they only get paid once the season starts. Like, I don't know how can you how can you be a professional when you're working for six or seven weeks and not getting paid? Mm. Um, so and, and it's probably the the hardest you work all year as well. Double sessions, um, it's it's a difficult period for for those guys, um, to put all that effort in and not get paid. So that's that's certainly an issue. But look, I suppose to start the season, everyone is there's a a great amount of anticipation. Everyone's looking forward to it. Um, we tend not to see too many issues at that moment but I say once you lead into the season and things settle and I suppose teams uh, get into a settled pattern and stuff and stuff starts to happen then but look there's, there's in general I think clubs have got a grip on things and players seem to be happy wages are at a level where oh look we had a couple of issues last year with Bray mm. and Limerick you don't want to you definitely don't want to go back there Bray seems to have sorted themselves out um, so we were down there visited the players down there so they seem to be happy enough at the moment and um, we haven't been down to Limerick yet we will be in the coming weeks as well so I so say certainly don't want to go back to to where that was at but I say for now touch wood from, from what we've seen everything seems to be okay so far it's all good well I suppose we look back to last weekend's games I mean at one point last week, Stevie, when Chris Shields got injured, I was wondering, are, are, is there going to be a discussion in uh, you're going to turn up a training one day and your, your number's going to be up on the board and things are going to be getting a bit weird again? Now, I don't know. I know footballers, you get certain about the tax back, so there's also all, all implications with all these, but I suppose the dog for Waterford nil probably puts to bed any thought of you coming out of retirement if it was ever even no, it was never, ever going to happen. No, it was never, never even mooted. Um, <laughs> No, great win for us. Obviously, as you said, the injury. Um, I think all five of our midfield that started against Sligo first game of the season were all yeah. were all out injured, like in the within the space of three weeks or whatever. So that's that's a bit mad. It hasn't uh, hasn't happened to us before, but um, you know, it just shows you uh, the strength and depth that lads have come in, lads that we've brought in have come in, and you know, have gone and and you know got a result like that against a decent Waterford team with a lot of good players. So. Uh, you know that will only be good for the squad. You know, um, for for the lads that have come in and done well, like a couple of them scored, and um, you know, three of them scored actually over over new signings in the off season. So, um, you know, that's only going to be good for the whole squad. Everyone feeling involved, everyone feeling part of it, and everyone knowing that they have a huge part to play. Sean Hoare played in midfield. I mean, we've seen Sean play a right back last year, and I think Stephen Kenny spoke about. How he was just—he believed he could almost play everywhere because of his skill set. I mean, can you can you see Sean working in that in that midfield department? Yeah, obviously it's a lot different than playing centre half. I think he was commenting about saying that sort of had to get used to sort of being closed down from from all different sides. Whereas obviously you receive the ball at centre half, it's kind of unopposed a mm. lot of the time, you know, and you're surveying your options where your next pass. Whereas a lot more clustered in that in the midfield position, but um. He's a brilliant athlete, you know, he's definitely different level athleticism um compared to what you'd normally come up against in, in the league. Um that's by that I mean like 
even just how high he can jump to win a header, how quick he can get from A to B over five or ten yards and how strong he is. And he can pass the ball off both feet, you know, so he definitely has all the attributes. He is a player. He played a lot of... He played what player of the month did he? Or, uh, right back last year. At one point last, last season, year. he did. Yes, you're right, yeah. So, you know, done that. he's capable of playing to that level at right back. Obviously, centre-halves is the number one possession position, but no doubt he can do well for us in centre-mid as well, so... Them lads are invaluable lads that not only can they fill different positions but actually excel in the different positions. You know, that's huge. Ollie, I, I have vague memories of um, Drada playing away to Helsingborgs in a UEFA Cup tie or Europa. Well, it would have been UEFA Cup at the time. Yeah. I think you were thrown into centre midfield in that game by Paul Doolan. Am I right? Or, were you, or certainly, was there times where you, at, at that stage of your career, where yeah. you, Ollie Cattle, known as a left sided player, left winger, you actually had to adapt a small bit? Yeah, yeah, we would have played three in the middle. And at times I would have played the sitting, the, mm. the six, say. Um, and at times I would have played in the eight or whatever ahead as well. So, um, yeah, I'd say maybe. I don't know, the older I got, the further away from the opposition goal they used to put me in. I ended yeah. up playing back left back as well for for a lot of the time too. Um, so How was yeah. that adjustment going into midfield where suddenly you're used to receiving the ball in a particular position and all of a sudden yeah, things well, are coming at you from different angles? Yeah, yeah, it is, it is an adjustment. I suppose for me being a left winger, you're always maybe look going forward on for, trying to get in behind full backs and, and get balls into the box. Certainly as a sitting midfielder, you probably have to... Well, Stevie would have been the expert more than me. Maybe drop off the game a little bit more. Mm. That you're not always going chasing the game, and the ball's coming to you, and you're surveying left and right. Whereas, say on the wing, you're looking into the pitch. Obviously, get your get your heels onto the line as often as possible, and you're receiving the ball, and you want to face the full back up and get at him. So it is a, it's a total different dynamic being in there, um, and then I say you're giving protection to your to your centre halves and stuff as well. So there's a lot to um, to adapt into it, but look, obviously Paul Doolan thought I was I was capable of doing that, and, and it stuck me in there. And there's no better say no to him if he yeah, does. absolutely. But there's no better man to coach you how to play there in mm. in there as well, having like the the career he had as as a player in central midfielder as a central midfielder, um, and you know the information he gives you going out on the pitch certainly um, you won't be left down by it anyway. Uh, speaking of good midfield play, we had Finn Harps three, Cork four, but Garrod Morrissey with two exceptionally good goals I think there was a, might have been a small bobble at the right time for the second one but I don't even like to take Anthony away oh. from it but the first goal technically oh. was perfect absolutely incredible incredible yeah that great goal he's a you know he's capable of that he's an instinctive kind of yeah. player and you know he he, he kind of gambled on, on the on the knockdown from the centre half and you know to have the skill and do a little spin and keep the ball in the air and then at the end of it, uh, get such a clean strike. You know, he's used. I think he's used both feet, has he, to keep the ball up originally? I think he would have. Yeah, I'm trying and to think. Yeah, I've watched it a few uh, times now. On the right foot, but he well, I, think, I think he got a goal in Sligo Cup with his left foot. Yeah, yeah he's two yards, feet. And then yeah. the goal in Finn Harps. His right he's two, foot. He's the powerful. The and second goal, even the you know he was powerful. You know, I think it was Raf who was <laughs> trying to close him, who's not who's a strong boy yeah, himself, yeah, and. Bounced off him, you know. So you've had a few battles with him. Powerful, yeah. He's a powerful boy. He's athletically very good, and as we were saying there, he's an instinctive kind of footballer. And um, you know, breaking onto balls like that and that, you know, he's very good and two good feet. Great, great to be able to get the clip out straight away, though, as well. I mean, I'll, we've had this debate this season. I mean, I, at one point on Saturday afternoon, it was over three hundred thousand views. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm sure it's way more than that now. But that must be great for even for members to sh to showcase what they can do. Yeah, you know, absolutely. To get out there quickly. Yeah, you don't have to wait till the the Monday night um, to see it. Yeah, it's it's, it's brilliant. It's nearly instant now, and gained a lot of traction over the weekend. Four hundred seventy-eight thousand yeah. views. I'm told now. Already, it's only so. be good for yeah, yeah. And league. clubs are, will be getting more and more a handle on it now to put out a highlights package probably as early as they can once once games finish and stuff. And maybe I don't know sponsorship maybe around that going. They have here's to the highlights package from yeah. whatever club sponsor boy whoever and. You know, because you say people want to, to see the action instantly now, so it's a great opportunity for clubs, I think, there. Jo Johnny referenced and Pat's Neil Shamrock Rovers one. I know all of you are sort of training and playing some Friday nights, so you, yeah. you, you don't maybe see as many of the Friday games, but Rovers are ticking along. And, and I mean, just for, again, four and a half thousand people at that yeah. game, which is a fantastic story in itself, but there seems to be a steal with Rovers this year that, that maybe that question mark would have been put to them in, in, in previous years yeah big win for them big win for them I suppose they had a few question marks hanging over them after losing to Bowles as well um, I know they had the man sent off early in that game but they bounced back from that 
They will be difficult to beat this year, looks like. Really good goalkeeper. I, say, I mentioned Lee Grace earlier. How was it? Johnny, Johnny, was, Johnny, Johnny was saying, yeah, about Lee Grace. Complete, a complete late development. I mean, yeah. Lee Grace, we've had Lee Grace on before, but when you yeah. consider he was in the army at around 2021. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it and Galway, yeah. and now I say, look, it's really come to the fore. Carrick, of course, yeah. We got, got, yeah, got a bit yeah. of a tip representation. That's it, as yeah, well. down, down the road from myself and Clonwell, yeah, yeah. So, um, great, great to see him. Tip players in the league, Richie Ryan was. Richie Ryan was one, obviously. Daryl Cavanaugh was Daryl Cavanaugh, yeah. Shane Long, obviously, is the, yeah. the big tip man. Um, well, there's Kelvin Flanagan and Stephen Napier would have played yeah. in Cork as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, we've had a sprinkling of, of representation, in fairness. So. But he's doing well, Grace. I mean, he's, he's, it's sort of, you don't know where he can go with it now because he's come into it so late. Yeah, yeah, as I say, he's fantastic. He might be, is he captain of the Rovers as well or certainly captain them on, on occasions anyway? So, yeah, um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Yeah, he? like, maybe he's a leader in the so dressing Ronan room. Ronan Finn's captain, but, but Finn's but obviously he, started... So several games in the bench, bench you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe look that army training that he's leading lads and um, and a, a fair play to him. But I say Rovers will be will be a tough nut to crack this year. I think as they've done Dock, obviously went down and drew nil nil with them. So it was it was a tough game. But I say they'll they'll be up there. They'll be there thereabouts. I suppose if they could find or if Dan Carr could start scoring goals or if they have a, had an out and out goal scorer like yeah. a like a Pat Hooban, um. You say you'd be looking, you'd be really looking at them going, these have got the lot. You yeah, obviously would have yeah. scouted Rovers before you played, for the dog played them. And what have your assessments been of them? Oh, uh, yeah, they have a very strong squad, definitely. They're their strongest squad they've had. Um, you know, a lot of good players, especially in the midfield, midfield area. So, you know, definitely a good team and uh, one of the strongest. And I think it's going to be that. That was a good win now, wait to, wait to St. Pat's for them. But, it's going to be it's going to be a really competitive league. I think this year, um, with a lot of teams, sort of a lot of hard places to go. So, you know, it's a good start for them. And but um, again, you know, there's a lot of sort of teams sort of in behind. You know, and can all change in the space of a week or two. But you know, they definitely have. They'd be happy enough with their start. Um, Sligo Rovers beat UCD one that on Saturday. It seems like the same old story for UCD from listening to Colin O'Neill that they they might have been the better side in the game. They just they weren't able to convert it into a result. Um, and then we had Friday night, I think this game you were at, Bowes, Bowes won, Derry City won. won. And I was at that game as well. And just before we maybe speak about it a small bit, and uh, I, I did catch up with Kieran Harkin from Derry City after the game. He's been very impressive for them this season since joining from Coleraine. He actually was captain on Friday night, which I mentioned. So yeah, I caught up with Kieran Harkin afterwards. Karen, we're coming away from. Well, you're coming away from Daily Mail Park about to get the bus home after a, a hard fought point tonight. No, it was a hard fought point, and we thought we were going to get the one there. We played well, and made a, fir- a good first half, and very good start to the second half. But there was, as you seen, a strong one then, and the back was against it, and just like it was last week against Cork, we dug out and we defended well. Fortunately, we conceded a sloppy goal, but as I say, we dug out again then after that, and. We got a good point then after it, as all the boys worked hard. What's it like back playing for, for Derry City? Oh, it's amazing. I've loved, I love every minute of it uh, since I came in on the 3rd of February, uh, since we started pre-season. Everything about it, uh, the professionalism, everything, and obviously playing for your, your hometown and the team supported all my life. It's just, it's just a dream. You've got the captain's armband on you as well. Tonight. Uh, that must be something as well. It has was some feeling, and I didn't actually realise that I knew Barry was carrying about a uh, and I go on training there but it never actually came under my head that it would be me wearing it today and he actually as soon as he jumped on the bus um, he said to me that I'll be by well, said to me that I could be skipping out and the nerves just <laughs> went straight through me and but as that's my dream I always wanted to be and um, Derry City my hometown and my family and friends making everyone proud. I just speaking to Declan McIntyre there and even speaking to Paddy McCourt there's a sense that you weren't at the club last year, so you can't speak about that, but that somehow there's a connection or there's some feel has come back to the club maybe that wasn't there, a real sense of local pride again. Can you sense that just from being around the place I this can, year? I can, and I know you say that I wasn't there last year, but I was a supporter last year. And just the feeling with De- Deggy, um, the manager, and all the backroom staff there, as you say, Pat McCourt, Kevin Deary, Martin McKeon, all back. Everyone's just, they're just bringing that good feeling back. and. As you can see it in the, in the games, we're, we're digging in, we're working hard, we're playing good football, and we've got a good squad, a good young squad there, and people that want to play for Derry City. Just speaking of then, if you're a Derry City fan, 
your memories as a kid of going to the Brandy Well would it have involved some of the people there we've mentioned Paddy McCord Kevin Deary people like that yeah, I mean, they've, they've all been um, people that are locked up they're role models in the past and obviously to everyone on the background staff has been um, when I was growing up and, and playing underage at Derry Murdoch McCann was um, a coach Kevin Deary was a player Paddy McCord was a player um, Deggy was a manager at the time um, so everyone there and Deggy McIntyre was a goalkeeping coach just everyone on there now um, had been a, a part of when I was a supporter when I was younger and I just remember them always being at Derry City so it's not only the few local lads coming back playing football it's the staff and all as well everyone's local and everyone wants to be at Derry City Just finally just the challenge of adjusting to League of Ireland you've played Cork City away you've you know, you've, you've played a lot of the better sides or just, you've got them all coming next week just the challenge for you as a player how much you sort of relish in that? Yeah well it's, it's just taking every week as it comes now and it, I thought it was going to be a lot harder um, than what it has been and I thought it was going to take a lot more to adjust it um, because of obviously the, the differences between the Irish League and the League of Ireland but um, Deggy and the background staff and the coaching staff has helped me get to that through pre-season and obviously work on how they play in this league and I think I'm doing okay and I'm just looking forward now to just obviously keep going now and seeing how we get on this year the lads are saying the brand new bell could even be sold out next week or, or close to it for the dock coming to town no, it must well, be a game it. to relish <laughs> I assume with family and friends and all those people there at the games no well that's it um, all the family all my family will be there Every, all the other local lads families there um, and there is talk of being sold out so it will be a good buzz and we're, we've been playing well the brand well there's no reason we can't get a result and that's what we'll be looking to do getting our three points Kieran Harkin there is speaking about it. You can tell he loves playing for Derry City. Yeah, he's he's real enthusiasm about him there. Have you been up to Derry as yeah, part of your, yeah. your visits, Ollie? And yeah. um, also as well, by the way, I did actually conduct that interview close to where I thought I went to a quiet place and then people kept loading vans and parking them up. And, and we are sorry for any sound interference. But, but what did come through from Kieran Harkin is that he feels there's an enthusiasm back around that club. And is that something you, you can... Yeah, that's use? certainly... Uh, when we were up there, we, we got that vibe. Um, a lot of local lads, a lot of young lads. Um, Kieran Harkin's come in and hit the ground running. Um, we wouldn't be that aware of him. Um, but he's certainly turning heads now at the moment. But I, say, I think Declan Devine's come back in. I think it was a couple of weeks ago he had brought the squad out around the brought city. Around, and the, yeah. A kind of history of the town and just getting them to reconnect again maybe with the town and with, with the fans and certainly seems to have worked so far. Say so they'll definitely at home and the brandy well they they will be a tough nut to crack. They will they'll be a match for anyone. Um if they can add a bit of consistency to their away performance and so they had a good result at the weekend there. And um so like I think it'll be onwards and upwards for Derry. I don't think anyone will will fancy playing them really and say so they've got that vibrancy, they've they've got lads who really want to play energetic, get around the pitch. Um, and it's going to be a, it'll be a tough tough battle anyone that plays against them um, I suppose the, maybe the weather wasn't great on Friday Stevie the pitch wasn't great it was a, wasn't a great spectacle to be honest no. as a game but w- what did you take from it you know? well, it was good like, it was uh, I thought probably Derry deserved to, to to take their lead and then last half an hour maybe both sort of got on top Derry were missing four or five of, of their regular starters um, so that might have taken a to- its toll as it went on squad wise and bench wise, but um, just going back to Harkin, I think he's a he's a diehard uh, Derry City fan. I think when he was younger, he used to go to the home and away yeah. games. So you can't get enough of them lads going representing representing the club. And you know he's going to, I suppose him being such a fan and the club meaning so much to him, he's not going to stand for for much messing about from the other lads in the dressing room. You know so. You know, them type of characters, you can't get enough of them in the dressing room if it means that much to them for playing for a team. You know, they're going to drag the dressing room with them. So, you know, um, as I said, character-wise, it's great for Derry to have someone like that. And he actually plays the game like, not like a fan, but he plays mm. covers every blade of, ga- blade of grass, you know, and, you know, real enthusiasm and hard work and that and gets around and he scored already scored as he scored one or two he got one against Waterford anyway good yeah. finish and they've the tied him to so. a new contract already as well yeah, so yeah. I mean that's he's a bundle of energy you know so um, as I said you can't get enough of them type of characters in your dressing room but back to the Bowes Derry game probably in the end the draw was a fair result it was a howling wind uh, there on Daily Mountain Friday and as you, the pitch was probably a little bit bobbly so probably wasn't conducive to a great game but it was very competitive you know and um, as it went on Bowes were probably pushing for the winner and Peter Terry made an unbelievable mm. save from Ali Ragba, you know, in the last 10 or 15 minutes. So, you know, in the end, I thought Derry probably better team first half. In the end, the probably draw was 
was a fair result. I must say, I was loitering around outside the day dress room for a while, the away dress rooms there at Daily Mount, and I was looking to speak to a player, and I have to thank Paddy McCord for playing the assist because I came out at a chat with Paddy, and then Not his first who, who, who are you looking for? <laughs> Paddy McCord must be. I just like you're chatting away to Paddy McCord there, and you're, you know, you know, Paddy's he's maybe quiet at times, and you realise actually. In that Daily Mount pitch was the time I saw him score those two amazing goals for Shamrock Rovers. Yeah. Talk about Garrett Morrissey, right? Two great goals in one game. And I was trying to think of when yeah. a League of Ireland player has scored two great goals in the one match. And McCourt, that time for Shamrock That's Rovers, right, yeah. is right up there. I mean, in terms of your respective times playing, Paddy has to be up there where Anthony's played again. I can remember when it was with Drada, I was going back to playing left back and he was on the wing. And... <laughs> He turned me inside out. Well, I think I was out the gate at one stage and he was gone the other way with the ball and Jason Gavin was centre half and I remember him coming over, you know, the hair, the long hair. You get a hold of him and I said, do you want to come out and mark him? Because <laughs> I was like, I couldn't not get near him. If he's coming at you and you know this fella's going to drop his shoulder, don't buy it, don't buy it. Talent-wise. Bought it and he's gone. It's like, he was ridiculous. Talent-wise, he's ridiculous. the best. Is he really? Well, yeah. I'd be the best ever. Like, so after we got into the Europa League, um, this next season he came training with us for maybe a week, yeah. ten days. Came to Spain with us and that, and probably not as mobile as as he was or that. And but um, we would have all kind of you would have all fancied yourself as like decent players after playing and uh, you know yeah you know, of course. But, uh, yeah. but so like see passing wise and that and in training like just for pure talent. Uh, like he was miles apart really yeah because yeah. you would obviously work with a, a young Wes at, yeah. at Shells and you think around that that era that sort of 2000s era I mean there was some very gifted players in the league and yeah. they, they are the Joe names and that Doe. come up Joe and Doe I Joe mean that wasn't Doe a bad that wasn't a bad training sort of five-a-side game you had yeah, there yeah Wes, Wes was the same he had that drop of the shoulder I think all the, the greats kind of have it is say you know it's coming but there's nothing you can do about it and you go yeah don't just stay on your feet. Don't dive in. You say, oh, I have the ball. Then they're gone with the ball, and it's in the net, or they pick someone out. And it's Paddy just didn't that. really have. Uh, obviously, I never came. Ago. I played against him once in Scotland. Wes, yeah. he was obviously class, but oh, right, okay, yeah. Uh, when he was at Livingston, yeah, okay, still, yeah. Uh, so he was a different physical specimen then, though. Yeah, was he? yeah, but he still he, was he still, he still was gifted. It, yeah. You know, yeah. he played sort of in off the right, and he was just pretending faking crosses and just chopping lots for fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, Paddy was so quick. Um, you know, over the first five or ten yeah. yards, he stands you up from a standing start, and then just shift it like an either side and yeah. drive. And once he got away, oh yeah, no, exactly. like power, like powerful, rapid. Because mm, are they the names that spring to mind when you think of your your times playing? Because I'm thinking of other. You had like some Mark Quigley, very talented, yeah, and yeah. fatty, different type of player, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, uh, those, yeah, those players that get you up off your feet are yeah. sort of are, are yeah. rare, aren't they? Played with lots of like really good goal scorers: Pat Morley, Jason Bourne, Stephen Gagan. But I said these are. These are a different breed. These kind of guys, like Liam Coyle, what a footballer oh, yeah. he was yeah. as well. Again, like giving the ball at his feet and he's trying to just concentrate on the ball. Don't he's gone he's or the he's best he's seen. Though. Really? Yeah. Ah, he could turn you. Yeah. Like Better even though he, he could pa- he could hardly move and he had was <laughs> to wear the bandage, the knee bandage and all. But like, and you look at him going, ah. I was only but talking to him Friday. He was at the. He does. He does the, the toe commentary. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Unbelievable yeah. player. A big like, man too. Yes. Yes. Big to man. be. To be on the pitch with them was great. I so was never a teammate with Paddy or Liam, but to be teammates with like so Joe and Doe and Wes Hill and to see them, mm. serious, serious. And it's no surprise that they've gone on. Like Wes, Wes was just a street footballer and what he does, he could do at any level and it's proven but to, it was to just be that. Another one of those so unfortunate. Wes made his debut at what age with Ireland? Oh God. Yeah. Well, he played. He played in two thousand and eight. Traps, well, but proper, like, he didn't, like, he didn't say, really play. Yes. So it was 30, actually. What do you yeah, but he played his first competitive game. It was against the Pharaohs, I think, yeah. which was in Traps' last campaign. So what you're talking. Is? He's a. He would have been around. I think he would have been pushing thirty. Yeah, 30, that's 30, 30, 30, yeah. 31. Should have been an that integral itself, part of, yeah, it's a travesty, of an Irish team. You know, especially mm-hmm. the way you're like international football yeah. and that shirt. You know it's what I mean? How we didn't have him, and and we we're always yeah. bemoaning the lack of technical ability, yeah, and, yeah. and then we're not selecting our most technical player in the prime of his career. You know what I mean? It has yeah. to take till he's thirty to get that chance. Get, yeah. you know? I think even if you watch him, even playing for Ireland, like if the ball is there and Wes is in, pick, you can see him coming with the hand, looking for the ball. Always wanted the ball, and, he's the one and he would always give it to him, even if there's someone up his backside. Give him the ball because you know he'll hold on to it. He'd protect exactly. you. You could knock him off it, but he'd people do a bit would of magic. say like you know without the ball, you know Ireland are hard, but you know you get your breather as well. It's yeah. as much you know if you can if you're you know yourself while you're playing with a lad, 
if you know you can feed a lad a little 10 yard oh, pass yeah. and he's going to relieve pressure and there's no way he's going to give the ball away you know he's going to be able to handle it in tight tight area that's as important as a lad being able to run around and making yes. tackles Absolutely. you know what I mean yeah, yeah. well you've yeah. been I suppose both of you have been part of two two great European runs between you know your Dundalk adventure and the Shells in 2015 yeah, yeah. years ago this year not yeah. to make you but I mean Shells and, or Wes in that Deportivo game see he was amazing but there was also a story about the second leg wasn't there that he got dispossessed I think for the first goal I don't know yeah. who was telling me this recently that Deportivo actually they almost targeted him at uh, that point yeah, yeah. you know they knew he was receiving the ball, the ball. and actually the first goal came but like that was how he played That's and he wasn't encouraged yeah, that yeah, then things make yeah. me laugh like but say if a lad that couldn't handle the ball and he got the ball and he just launched it out of play yeah. and then an opposition team from the, yeah. the throw in nothing's, very nothing's made of it yeah. do you know yeah. what I mean I oh, know completely so the lad that tries to get on it any day of the week to the lad who's you don't know how many goals have been scored by the opposition with a lad not showing for the ball and then a pass isn't on and then the team get yeah, the ball yeah. away and the other so it's a bit you know, like you know Gartland had his tough time in 2016 for playing the ball out, and some people like, we wouldn't try, he get rid of it? But we that's not your personality. Play, but yeah. if we weren't yeah. trying to play the yeah. ball out and just lumping, like he wouldn't have been caught in it. But, Absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, on the yeah. flip side, how many goals have we do conceded by giving up possession like constantly in the game? Yeah, yeah. I know. Do you know what I mean? Oh, completely. So, yeah. completely. I know no one would have like, a ball. Where's over? No, no, that, no Jesus Christ, not at all. No. But I bet you people did highlight it probably back in the yeah. But someone told me recently. Someone was telling me recently that Deportivo. Well, it's not surprising. Like if they're tagging. Go, this them, fella will take them, the ball yeah. and you might like you might play it to him ten times one you might yeah. nick it on him and they go in and score a goal because look they were a top quality opposition at that time yeah. so but I say his I say what he did in the first leg it was a Mero Silva was a World Cup yeah. winner Brazil yeah. and he's flicking balls over his head and wow yeah, it's it just does, it does remind me I did but managers would have that mentality as well in the sense of oh takes to takes a risk like tries to get on do you know that's where we've been kind of falling behind I think Come too whereas safe. a manager would pick a lad of, uh, what you'd call probably a workhorse that wouldn't go yeah. and look for the ball so he wouldn't be obviously dispossessed and then you know yeah, well, we would have Wes him. and Joe would have been a sub on a few yeah. of those European well, he, he came yeah. on a sub against Hadjik Split in in Talca and scored yeah. or set up Morsey for the, for the second yeah, goal did, yeah. um, so maybe say like if you have Joe and Wes is it two? Yeah. You know, especially for away legs. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. at that time you played Jason Byrne on the right sometimes. Yeah, he played on the right, and Glenn Fitzpatrick would have yeah. played through. Glenn was brilliant again. If you get the ball up to him to hold it up and to to give you give you a breather and and get lads up to him and and maybe create something. But it's funny. Someone I remember someone telling me a couple of years ago, and obviously it was a lot of Wes hype Bernard, and sometimes tell me that Wes I gives the ball away a bit, and I was like, well, that's <laughs> because he was trying the risky <laughs> passes. You know, he was actually trying to the true yeah. ball and get, gets yeah. dispossessed and is almost a grumble yeah, it's like, this, is, this is obscene but I mean, in, the, in the likes of that Deportivo game it must be great to have that option though that yeah. outlet there if you're struggling in a particular point Absolutely. and Wes is looking yeah, for yeah it. yeah as Steve is saying rather than say just booting the ball off the pitch you get have a look up say, invariably if he's in the area he's coming looking for it mm. and you would have the confidence in him to give it to him going yeah and he'll he hold it up or he attracts other players yeah, like, he attracts yeah, opposition you know players like to go and get the ball out and then create Open space for other yeah. lads you know when Joe and Doe was at Sligo I always felt that you attracted two or three lads because you needed two or three lads maybe to try and dispossess yeah. them in the yeah. sense of 1v1 you weren't going to dispossess them cleanly and then that opens up space for you know makes it so much easier to play with a player like that it opens up space for the whole yeah. other 10 players you know it's funny because I think I remember were you opposing for the Red Bull Salzburg game or had no, you moved, you'd moved you'd on move, yeah. you'd moved on but I remember actually and on the away leg and that was and I know they lost the, the home oh, leg yeah, and yeah. the unfortunate late mistake oh, but yeah. and that was brilliant away from home it's one of these things that's forgotten yeah. when the result doesn't go your way but you, you had 41 appearances in Europe Ollie was that your yeah. which is a, yeah. which is a, a record, a record yeah, yeah. of those what's the game if I said just 41 games you know you're asked to tell one story. What what springs to mind? Ah, it's the it's the Deportivo. Yeah. Um, you know, lost out there. What will always stick with me is going out for the second half, and we're like we're 45 minutes away from the group stages here because it was nil nil at half time. Over there. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Jason Bourne had a great chance in the first half. I think David Crawley put in a great ball, and Jay had a header, and you're going, and he went to fault it. It's Jason. Like he mm. this he he put it away. Unfortunately, the keeper saved it. But you're thinking. We'll get a chance here. We'll get a chance. Like we just if we can keep it tight. Um I say 
playing out there and I think they've been in the champions in the semi-final yeah, of the year previously yeah. and also oh, some team obviously team. yeah yeah like I got Valorant short after that there and he was a bad and, player and bad he wouldn't have got a game for Ireland <laughs> again yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> held on to the ball too uh, much yeah. yeah yeah took too many chances yeah. Stewie Bourne had a man marking job on him over the over the two games but um Ah, yeah, that's that's the one that that sticks out. Like over there in the Rio's arc, I say coming out at halftime, thinking we've got a chance here. Yeah, have you yeah. heard Stewie Burns' tunes? By the way, have you heard? Stewie? Yeah, absolutely. It's <laughs> taking you by complete surprise here. Absolutely taking me by surprise. And when I signed for Shells Force, we were away in France on a pre-season tour, and we were basically in a hostel, and there was there was no television, no nothing. And he had the guitar, and he was banging out a few <laughs> tunes, and he used to sit around the evening and have a bit of crack. But never thought he'd. Take it he had that in him. Had yeah. that in him. Yeah, yeah, totally out of the blue. And I'd be, I'd be good friends with with Stewie, but didn't know he was doing that at all. So yeah, you haven't heard of Stevie? No, he's, I haven't he's, heard he's, it. He's, but he's, I well, I've heard of it, but I didn't hear him sing. Song about no. sort of about Wes, but not quite yeah. about Wes, but more broadly. But he's actually yeah. writing it himself. It's uh, yeah. Again, going back to Danny Cork and outside the like that's. For, for Stewie putting himself like in fairness he was brave actually yeah too, brave to brave it's it's decent stuff as well good fair, good yeah, no, I have to say I was surprised I was surprised I, yeah. I thought it was decent like it's yeah. not, it was a bit different as you said to a lad even sitting around with a guitar yeah well that's yeah he actually had out. produced actually, it a bit because his sister is a DJ right his yeah yeah DJ on, on uh, Kelly Kelly FM Kelly yeah, yeah, right. yeah yeah she she is yeah so yeah but I say for him to and you say put it, produce it all himself and everything put it out there fair play to him pretty impressive yeah Absolutely. Uh, now we we need to move on. The first division results of the weekend. Um we had Atlone nil, Shells two, Cavantini one, Longford Town one, Galway nil, Bray one, Limerick nil, Drada nil, and Cove six, Wexford one. It's a bit worrying Wexford, could they be this year's Atlone in some ways in terms of heavy results? Um, I mean, Shell's actually funny. We talk about Shell's and, and Shell's maybe have a bit of a revival. You're living local enough to talk now, actually. Yeah, not far at all. Yeah, yeah. And they had a bit of a ropey start to the season, but I, I mean, you're obviously you're unbiased in your role, but you'd like to see Shell's come back, I guess, to some degree, Ollie. Yeah, absolutely. The times you had there. You'd love to see them up in, up in the Premier Division. Um, I think the squad they've assembled there this year, I think everyone is saying they have to win it or they should win it. Um, it's not always works out that as easily as that but um, th there is a serious squad there and look they will be right up there for, for the whole of the season and I, I'd imagine any of the teams in that division thinking if they finish ahead of Shells they'll, they'll be champions What percentage of players roughly in the first division will be members will be professionals because obviously there's a lot of amateurs Yeah there's a lot of amateurs I mean, look at the likes of Wexford would be totally amateurs Cove would be totally amateurs Cabin Teeley might have a couple of professionals Drogheda would have a lot of amateurs at loan mm. vast majority of amateurs so um, there's not too many there like obviously Shelburne would be professionals Bray would have a fair sprinkle of professionals Longford as well um, so maybe 50-50 split there of, of yeah. professionals to amateurs yeah yeah mm. yeah. but I say look Bray have had a really good start a really good start on the back of on the back of last year and, and what went on as I say we were down there and they seemed to be things seemed to be going well off the pitch as well they're attracting the bigger crowds and, and Noel O'Driscoll in fairness seems to have got the locals Back on side there, so um, I say they'll be they'll be right up there as well. And Longford haven't lost a game yet, even though a couple of draws. Mm. Um, but beat beat Drogheda at home three 0 which was a big result for them. So that that division is going to be fiercely competitive again. Yeah, I mean, Steve, I know you're going to be watching Premier games primarily, but if I said to you now, your your first division winner, what what appeals to you as the the scenario? Obviously, there? I don't know, but from the outside looking in, I'd have um, in any order, like I'd have. Probably Bray Shells long for Drod as 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 the main. You'd be, pal you'd be pals with Tim Clancy. Yeah, you'd pals know with the Tim, job he's so doing yeah, there. so done an unbelievable job last year. So he's hoping to continue that this year. So um, they'd be my four of like a winner coming from that four. That playoffs yeah. scenario. Yeah. Okay, the first division games this week are Bray at home to Atlone on Friday, Drod at Cavantili on Friday, Limerick Cove also on Friday, and then Shells at home to Wexford and Talca Saturday, Longford and Galway. The Premier matches. Friday evening, all Friday evening, 7.45, with the exception of Shamrock Rovers and Sligo Rovers and Talla at 8 o'clock. We've got Cork against Bowes, Derry City against Dundalk, UCD, Finn Harps and Waterford and St. Pat's. I'm trying to think of what stands out there. I mean, you, you've been watching Derry, so you, we, we spoke about it a bit there, but that's going to be an interesting test for this Dundalk side, depending on who's back or who's going to be back or not. Um, yeah, obviously that's going to be that, interesting. That. Brandy Wells heaving at the moment as well. Yeah, Another potential sellout. There'll be a big crowd there on Friday. Yeah, so um, you know there seems to be a feel good factor back there as we were talking about earlier. So that's going to be a very tough game, and 
you know, we need to play we need to play very well to get a result up there. So um same as in as I was saying earlier, in most of these games now there's no there's no gimmies this season as far as I can see, especially in the first period of the season, you know, teams are up for it, the crowds are all there and enthusiastic. So, you know, it's um it's gonna be a tough game for us, but um, you know, Hopefully, if we repeat sort of last week's performance, you know we'll 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 get a positive positive result. Ollie, but Bowes gone down to Cork. Actually, Dinny Corcoran did say yesterday he does believe that Bowes can actually last the course this year. Now it's going to be a challenge for them. We talk about their resources relative to others, yeah. but that this is an interesting game to me because I guess maybe a Cork, another place you you, you know very well. That maybe there just hasn't been a buzz there at the start of the season. Their their home results, they've they've dropped points at home and. Like it is a big because there's there's a great buzz in Dublin at the moment, which is absolutely fantastic, yeah. turning people away from games, and the, the, clearly the clubs are doing something. The parochialism's right. back in Dublin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously, like yeah. there people are identifying with you know you're a Bose man, and can you sense that? From yeah, definitely. Living there, and and I think it's only going to increase. You know, with the with the underage structures, like young young players, and they are going to like I'm I'm Bose or I'm Rovers, mm. I'm Shells, you know all that. So. I definitely feel there's a little bit of like this is our kind of territory sort of coming back into really. So you think the, the underage Dublin league clubs. is underage yeah. league is contrib- Just, I think that. and the fan base is both are sort of coming back massive numbers and that and they're they're sort of proud of their of their of their team and that you know. So I definitely feel Pat's it's all coming back again. I think. I mean, Ollie, you know how you can swing on Cork. You know it can go great when things are going well, and then it can it can flip a bit, but. I don't know what's your take on the, on the scenario there and on what they're facing this season. Yeah, maybe they're in a bit of transition. Um, I suppose losing players that like Sikiran Sadler um, and, and Kyohan as well, who was an important mm. player for them. Um, maybe a little bit of an unsung hero the last couple of years. Um, but they've brought in some decent players as well. Darrell Connor has done well, I think, since he's come in. Um, he's a good player. But look, they've had a little bit of a niffy start, but they will still be there that, and this I think this is going to be a really interesting game as you say mm. Bowes I know they had Leinster Senior Cup game last night but um, like they'll basically have the week in between the games so you know they're one of the, f- the few still part still a strong time. 11 their first, yeah. first 11 still if you put down their strongest 11 it's still I mean Aaron Barry hasn't played yet he was involved last yeah, night you know yeah, yeah. 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 So so done well. Cork. Oh, with Cork yeah, it's, it's, yeah yeah it's still, you know, it's still going to be, it's still strong. You yeah, know? Cork will be up there. There's no doubt about that. They will be up there. Say a little bit of a patchy start, but they say. Um, I think last week going on, on a bog of a pitch, going behind great, twice yeah. to Finn Harps, not an easy yeah. place to go, especially if they get their dander up and they go ahead of you. So they're that, the type that of results that galvanise a squad yeah, as well, exactly. isn't it? When you travel away like that and come away with a good win, um. So, but yeah, it'll be interesting to say to see how. How that one pans out, um, obviously if if Cork can win that, then they're right back in the thing. It's, er- it's early days, yeah. Are you have you home farm duties this Friday? Then what's what's uh, on the No, no, we're we've a weekend free. We're we're playing midweek next week, so we'll um, get a game in. Get to a game, yeah. I might get to to Tallaght to see Rovers and, and Sligo Rovers. Oh, okay. So, Stevie, yeah. what's on the agenda for you on Friday? I can't say I could could get attacked cork bows though. <laughs> but, but I did I have I, to be disguised. I, yeah. I did wander into a ground with you recently. I think it was Bows Rovers, and you did say in the way of oh, I think they all hate me. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you yeah. actually welcome? Yeah, not why many are you places. so unpopular? I don't know. I'd, I was quite enough lad to the refs and all that was on the pitch. You know, I don't know you why. Mean, you, yeah, like you, your refereeing career was praised <laughs> when, you were, when you were retiring as well. To be fair, I know you have a bit of crack with them all. It's good going around. So I'm down at. Um, Cork Bowes on Friday so looking, okay. for, looking forward to that one Okay well listen we will have Johnny Ward back next week hopefully depending on how uh, Chetlam got on with him I will mention as well as usual to give us a couple of reviews if you want on iTunes um, you can find us as ever I mean you, I always say at the start of every show we do. you can find us on Podcast Republic Spotify, Stitcher SoundCloud, iTunes people are already listening to the show on one of those formats already but if you listen to one of those you can check us out on the other one we've got LOI Weekly on Twitter as well you can always let us know your feedback and your questions Ollie, Stephen thanks for coming in today thanks for having us uh, we've enjoyed it and yeah we're back next week with Johnny Indice but there are limits to your life